If you can turn to Mark chapter 1. Uh, seeing as it wasn't a theme, I thought I'd choose one of my favourite themes, which is witnessing to people. And uh, it seems to fit in fairly well with an outreach. Um, but I've got a title of Stop, Look, Listen, which was actually a road safety thing many years ago. And just sort of making a bit of a statement about the fact that when we first come to the Lord, we tend to machine gun people with the gospel and often they'll duck under it or try to run away. And uh, um, it's not always successful, but looking back at my own uh, beginnings in the Lord, I actually found that quite a number of people came to the Lord in the early times. And, uh, but as you get on a little bit, you enjoy a conversation with people. And I think that uh, we have to learn to listen to people as well as talk to them or talk at them and um, to share things with them, ask their opinion and things like that. So it's just a little bit of some comments about that um, I was going to look at. And just this one scripture here in um, uh, Mark in chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straight away they forsook their nets and followed him. And the words I wanted to look at there was to become fishers of men. So it's a process that we actually get better at it as we go along and we learn how to put the bait out sometimes and how not to try to pull the fish up too early or uh, to to just um, get them on the line and do all these things and try to land them, which is uh, uh, in a natural, it's a, a fishing analogy, but it works with people as well. And you learn as you go along, uh, as I said there before, to, uh, to perhaps use different bait with people. And with the internet and things like that, I guess we're uh, actually casting to places where we've never cast before and seeking to bring people to God uh, in a time that um, is a, it's a very interesting time to live. And I know my own testimony is that I was a, a bit of a bad character before I came to the Lord. I was a nightclub bouncer in Hindley Street and uh, I was involved in drugs and a few of those things. And I could be violent in those days. And um, I guess that's why they made me a bouncer. But the thing about that is that you approach people perhaps that you normally wouldn't approach. And I remember at an outreach, I approached this very big bikey um, in a, a particular setting. And I said to him, do you believe in God? And he said, I am God. <laughs> <coughs> and I said, man, you're a disappointment. actually expecting something far better than that. And, and he laughed and that broke the ice and we could actually carry on the conversation a bit further. And I suppose in a way what you're doing is getting past the initial thing that people have. And I know my mum used to tell me, she used to say, um, if anybody comes to the door, just tell them we've got our own beliefs and they'll go away. And, uh, and I do that. But you actually have to get past that 
I've got my own belief thing because it means nothing. And uh, so there has to be some way of getting past that and actually getting into a conversation with somebody. Um, Luke chapter 24. Very fortunate to um, have a music shop, a musical instrument shop, and um, I get in conversations with people and it's great because you get this conversation and often these musicians and that will tell you their life story and it's usually colourful and interesting and uh, goes on for a while and then I tell them my story and um, they can't say, oh, I don't want to hear that. So, well, I just listen to you, you know, and the thing about it is that you're opening the door and by their story you actually hear a few things that you can use um, to bring up the gospel with them and, uh, um, and I tell them my story because at least I've got something to tell them. And I know before I came to the Lord, I'd run into Christian people and uh, uh, they couldn't offer me anything. All they could really offer me was uh, religion or some story, and I had no interest in that. But when they were telling me, the one that people that witnessed to me, they actually told me what had happened to them. And uh, that's totally different. That's where you start, well, going. That's interesting, and especially if you can relate to what happened to them, then you go along from there. But in this particular story, in um, Luke 24, verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them went the same day to the village called uh, Emmaus, uh, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together, and all these things... um, which had happened and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? Now it's interesting that they were walking along and this is after Jesus had um, been crucified and that he had risen the Holy Spirit hadn't been given at this stage and they were walking along communing together and reasoning together about what had happened and what was going on and Jesus came and joined their conversation but it says their eyes were fixed so they didn't really recognise who he was and in a lot of ways when we join people's conversation um, their eyes are fixed too. They don't really know who we are or who we represent or what we're telling them. And in a lot of ways, people are communing together, even now, I find in this whole situation and not being able to get their head around it. And you can actually join it and bring the Lord into the conversation and and um, bring everything around to God um, because people are not understanding what happened any more than these two men did at that particular time as they were walking along the road talking together and Jesus asked them a question which I find to be interesting too. I ask people what they think or what they believe sometimes and when they tell you that gives you a a path to go on to talk to somebody when you know what they actually think. And then when you're talking to people, it doesn't hurt 
to ask them what they think, you know, and then you get a bit of a two-way conversation going. And it says here in verse uh, 18, and one of them, whose name was uh, Cleopas, answering him, uh, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem has now, has not known the things which had come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And it goes on to tell, they tell the story to Jesus. Uh, but they were there to witness this particular story. And it's, it's interesting that the Lord asked them, what are you, what happened? How do you see it? And I find when you read the scriptures that Jesus would often ask people what they saw or what they understood to get a two-way conversation with somebody. And a blind person would come to him and he would say, what would you have me do? And they'd say, well, I want to see. And he'd go, well, then see. You know, so he would always ask people what they wanted. And I think that that's actually a bit of a pattern that we can uh, jump on board as, with as well. Um, where was I? Okay. And verse 24, pick up the story there, and it says, Certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it, even so as the women had, woman had said, uh, but him they saw not. So these people were actually believers of sorts. You know, they were following the story. They had a bit of an understanding of what was going on, but they didn't really know what it was all about. And Jesus said in 25, Then he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart, to believe all the prophets, uh, all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, and with it they went, and he made as though he would go and had gone further. The story's interesting in that Jesus said to them, uh, uh, Oh, fools. You know, that's something that we probably wouldn't say to people in particular. Um, oh, fools and slow in heart. Why don't you understand? So he actually told them off. And I suppose in a way we talk to religious people now and you'd have a real desire to tell them off sometimes because they don't really understand what's going on and the particular story. And I remember being in an outreach one time and uh, I was talking to some religious people and uh, they started to on their way and I, I sort of gave a couple of passing shots to them from the scriptures. And um, a sister was nearby and she said, wow, how do you get away with saying stuff like that? And I said, well, I've never called anybody uh, a generation of vipers or um, whited sepulchres full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. And she said, wow, who said that? You know, <laughs> but the reality is that if you're only going to get a little bit of a shot at somebody, then you give them something to go along with. And that's part of the witnessing thing. We've got a story to tell. And um, it's sad that people don't always want to hear it. Um, all right. 
uh, Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 and verse 11 talks about the time we live in now and it says great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilence and fearful sights and great sights shall there be in heaven. But before all these they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to synagogues and unto prisons being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before she'll answer. So the Lord's actually telling us, perhaps in the future, that we're going to have to give account uh, for what we believe in. And this may come. Uh, we don't know what will happen in the world. And uh, it's, the Lord's really saying, don't meditate on your answer. Just let the Lord give you the answers. Because it says, it goes on to say here, <clears throat> verse 15, For I will give you a mouth of wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. So the Lord's going to give you the answers. And you're not going to be defeated. And that's the thing about our God, is that he, he always wins. You know, the end result is he's going to win, regardless of what happens. And we re represent him. So he's always going to give you an answer that's going to work. And so that's an encouragement for us to know that he's going to do that for us. And all we've actually got to do is open our mouth. Because it says there um, that verse 13, it shall turn to you for a testimony. Um, that's our fallback. We have our own testimony. And uh, a lot of people that would have a shot at us don't have one. And really, they can't give any sort of an account in the manner that we can. Because we're talking about something we've seen. I often think that a, um, when there's been an accident, the police don't ask somebody that's heard it from somebody else that heard it from somebody else. They actually go to find the person that saw it and actually witnessed it. And uh, that's our position in all of this. And that's something we can be really rejoicing in. Um, Acts chapter 20. I find um, when people give you a question, um, I really rejoice in that in the Lord. You know, and somebody, oh, well, what do you think about this? And you get this opportunity to say and it's, um, it's great because we've actually got an answer. Um, there's a very rough guy that comes into a, our shop uh, who I relate a little bit to in my testimony, but he's on a totally different path to me, of course. But we often talk about the gospel and we share things. Um, and I tell him stories and he asks me questions. And uh, a while back he'd come up to the counter and he'd really loaded up with a question and he said to me, um, he said, so you Christians, because that's how he calls us, uh, he said, you say that all gays are going to hell? And I said, um, not just them, but everybody that doesn't do what God said. 
And, and he went, oh, you know, like he'd, he'd actually loaded up with that. <laughs> but because you get an opportunity to say, uh, he asked me the question and I had to answer it. You know, so the reality is that we have a scriptural answer for people. And uh, that's a great thing. I, I'm glad that we have an answer about all of these things. It's not for us to judge anybody. The word judges them. But we just simply say what the Bible says. Here in Acts chapter 20, um, verse 7, it says, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, uh, ready to depart on the morrow and continue his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber and uh, where they would gather together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. Um, being fallen into a deep sleep as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him and said, Trouble not yourself, for his life is in him. And he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten, talked a long while until um, break of day. So they departed. That's an amazing story that Paul was preaching there and it was a young man that fell down from the top. There's a bit of a pattern there that perhaps younger men uh, have trouble keeping up with it, in a sense. And so he might have actually been looking at his phone. <laughs> no? No, it's a... uh, And he fell down. And it's, it's interesting that they prayed and he came back to life and then they continued on till daybreak. You know, so there was great rejoicing in all of it. But I guess there's something we've got to learn in this current climate is that we've got to learn to read the room a little bit, you know, and see if we've still got everybody, you know, and, and perhaps um, try to keep things going at times. And uh, when you've got a monotone voice like mine, it's a bit hard, but you sort of got to keep things going nowadays because people are just information overload and uh, too much is too much for them and they can't process it sometimes. So even back then, they were having trouble with younger people. You know, that's not a fault that we've all been young, but that we try to keep everybody going, keep them interested. Uh, verse, yeah, verse 11, and it says, When he therefore was come up again, he was broken bread, and they ate and they talked for a while, even till break of day, and he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and we're not a little bit comforted, you know. So everybody was rejoicing because of what had happened there. It was a great miracle. It was a mighty miracle. And uh, Paul was preaching and the whole thing continued until, until the sun rose. And I don't want to go on too long either because it's been a long Christmas day. And I just wanted to finish off with something that's written up here. Go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go. And I remember Pastor Roland standing up here several years ago and saying he'd looked up the Greek for go and he worked out that it just said go. <laughs> no, no sneaky words, no hidden meaning, just go. 
And I guess that's the encouragement we have. Go and preach the gospel. And all people say, Amen. Amen.